there. I'm Andrea Koppel, and it's time for Coffee, the podcast where you get to hear firsthand what the jobs and careers that interest you the most are really like. Hey there, Java junkies. Welcome to another K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. By the way, K-Cups come in three sizes, single, double, and triple shots, or roughly one minute, five minutes, or 10 minutes in length. So if you don't have time to throw back an entire caffeinated career conversation, these K-Cup mini episodes of T4C can give you a quick caffeinated fix, whether you're on the go or you only have a few minutes to binge. So grab your mug and take a chug, because it's time for a caffeinated career triple shot K-Cup with my guest, Stephen Hills. What does it mean to be the president and general manager at a legacy newspaper like The Post? Yeah, so it was a family-owned paper. So we had the people like Catherine Weymouth, or for, for a long time was Catherine Graham's granddaughter, Don Graham's niece. So you had the family ownership. And then the, the president general manager was the person who tried to you know help him really run the business, right? Saying, okay, now we want to make sure that the legacy of this business is served. And then how do we do that? How do we actually execute this? How do we make sure that we can both deliver profits? Because the Washington Post is actually a public company, you know, publicly traded stock. So how do we actually make sure we can deliver profits and deliver great journalism? And that was really my job to try to help figure out how that was done and try to make sure that we have all the levers working. You know, how are we creating print and the, the, the print business that is successful as possible with advertising and circulation and how we're building a digital business that has digital advertising and digital circulation revenues and how we harmonizing those while also making sure we have great newsroom. And that was the job. So in terms of responsibilities, what were your responsibilities as president and what were your responsibilities yeah. as GM? Yeah. So basically it's the same. It was I had responsibility really for everything except the newsroom. And the newsroom, I worked very closely with the newsroom to figure out what to do. But the newsroom, when they, in terms of what's the newsroom going to write, how are they going to cover their stories, the, the newsroom has complete independence and they can do whatever they want to. So I would not ever be involved with, and we, I'd be involved with them talking about new sections, things they wanted to do, how do we support what they're doing, but not what are they going to write and, you know, what are they going to say? That's, newsroom had total independence, but I was responsible for really all the rest of the stuff. Could you tease that out a little bit? So, you know, it was basically circulation, advertising, technology, human resources, accounting, finance, you know, the, the building, the, the physical plant, and sort of, sort of like all, all things, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Okay. And what did it mean to be the general manager? Like, why was your title president and GM? Yeah, yeah that's, a, that's a good question. So so part of it was, I think, you know, these titles are sometimes works of art. They don't necessarily, you know, mean anything particularly. I think the reason for that was just sort of, it sort of encompasses the, the breadth of what I did, you know. And so that was why I think they added on general manager, just to sort of signify the breadth of other responsibilities. Gotcha. So could you take us into a typical day for you, Steve, when you were still at the post? What were all of the different things you were juggling? 
How did you like to organize your day? And if we were a fly on the wall, what would we have been hearing and seeing you do? Yeah. So, so, you know, it's the great thing about the media business is there's no such thing as a typical day. You know, it's just always all over what you had to do. But so divide it in this way that you had the, the print business, which was how do you deal with print advertising and print circulation? But then particularly over time, I would let the people, certain people are really experts in that, take care of that business because I've been doing it for a very long time. There's a lot of expertise around that. So increasingly, I spent a lot more of my time on digital because that was the growing business that had a lot more questions and choices. Now, we also have choices about difficult choices about reducing costs on the print side of the business but and supporting it, making sure you didn't undercut it. But then we had to spend a lot of time on digital, saying, how are we going to grow the audience? How are we going to develop new advertising streams? How are we going to become... So a lot of it was we developed the paid circulation model. So I spent a lot of time working with research and trying to figure out, okay, how are we going to make this work to develop a metered system so that we can pay and get digital subscriptions, which we grew faster than anybody than any digital audience in my final year. That's, as you mentioned before, we grew more digital audience than any other digital platform in the world. And so, and we ended up, you know, with millions of paid subscribers. We built that from scratch. So we just sit around and say, how do we do this? And what kind of content do we create? And how do we create virality? How do we work with social media? So a lot of time spent on that, a lot of time spent on analytics and on figuring out pricing, pricing packages and how to test those and a lot of digital allows for a lot of iterative testing of a lot of different ideas. So I'm I'm a sort of marketing guy. That's my background. And from a marketing point of view, it's just fascinating what digital media allows in terms of complex decision-making and testing and learning. And that was something we did a lot of. So that's probably what I... And then also, fly on the wall, you'd also say, hear me saying, you know, Hey, there's a problem. Such here's a personnel issue that came up. Here's something that happened over here. Somebody did this, somebody did that. So, you know, with thousands of employees, there's always something going on there too. So there's those issues would always come up regularly. You mentioned in the Espresso Shots episode and check out show notes to see if it's already dropped. That's where we get into how you break into the business side of digital media. You mentioned the importance of having a background for our young listeners in data science, data analytics, being able to slice and dice the numbers because so much of the business model now revolves around analyzing the data that you're able to gather. Yeah. And I'm a numbers guy. You know, it's sort of, even though it's a philosophy major, I've always been sort of a numbers person. And I think the thing about numbers is you can get lost in it. It can become just analytics, just like running spreadsheets. But the key thing is a conceptual ability. It's ability to say, what does this all mean? Because one of the things about data is there's so much data that it can become overwhelming. If someone can say, look at all the data we have. And that's like, that's useless because you say, well, now I'm just drowning in data. I don't even know what to make of this. What's really valuable is if someone comes in and says, hey, I've parsed this data and here are the four interesting things you should know about our our viewers and our and our habitual viewers, and here are the th- and then say, okay, now this is taking data and making it into useful information, and that's what's really powerful. Is you have the conceptual ability to sort of figure out. It's like any science. It's like a science project. Like, what am I looking for? What do I believe? What are my hypotheses? What do I think might be the case? Let me test that. Let me test this. So, I think in the end, what I found was 
you know, I, I got into the journalism side because I love the creative side. I love to write and you know, writing is something I always love to do. But then I found that there's so much creativity in the business side, They're like creating these packages, creating answers for this, thinking about these questions. And the, the creative opportunities on the business side are really, really great. I think particularly on the data analytics side, that the, the ability to both understand the numbers and the tools for manipulating the numbers, but also be able to make sense out of them. That's a really creative exercise. Critical thinking, super important. (laughs) Yeah, yes. Thanks for tuning in to this K-Cup mini episode of Time for Coffee. If you want to listen to our entire caffeinated career conversation, please check out the show notes for this episode. Thanks so much for listening to Time for Coffee, where the professionals in the jobs that most interest you always have time to grab coffee. 24-7, no matter where you live. I have one quick favor to ask you. Remember to rate, review, and subscribe to Time for Coffee. Thanks so much.